Salutations, friends. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the Recap Book Chat. My name is Kate, and this is my mom, Sheila. And we are just so excited that you're with us today. And I wanted to share a quote from Teddy Roosevelt. I am part of everything that I have read. What have you been reading? We'll share with you what we've been reading and what's at the top of our book stack. And welcome to the Recap Book Chat. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are diving into a classic from 1952 um, called Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. Uh, actually, it was uh, the book was published in 1952, but uh, this was a series of talks that BBC had asked C.S. Lewis to do during World War II. So it actually, I think, started in 1942. So these are kind of oral um, talks that he compiled later on to make Mere Christianity. Um, but it's so profound and it's, I loved reading this. I've got so much out of it. Thank you, mom, so much for uh, suggesting this read. I have loved it. And, and the funny thing is I had read it in college, but I didn't remember hardly anything. And it didn't hit me the same. So I, yeah. I loved this time reading it. It has hit me so differently. Um, so what, what made you want to read this one again? Because I know you had read it previously too. <laughs> yeah, in college. Uh, but... Uh, my brother had reread it and he said he thinks this one is one you should reread every year. I and, agree. Yeah. And I was lucky enough to have, uh, I've got this, this book club with you. And then I had a in-person book club. Um, and we went to the golden house with Lynn, uh, my friend, my friend Lynn. <laughs> and then, so we, we had an in-person and then I have a one online. So uh, Yeah. It, it was very powerful. I mean, and I just, the, the quotes and the, the way he did it, I think is, um, like you said, it was a broadcast first and it could be written right now. Today. Yeah. Yeah. And, and people, my, I don't know if everybody knows that he served as a, he was an infantry man in uh, uh, World War One in the trenches. So he's, he understands war and yes. in not, even, I mean, and they were going through it again. And so I, I love his perspective on things and he started off as an atheist. And so he has a very interesting perspective because uh, he, he comes at Christian, he zooms way out um, mm -hmm. and then he zooms in. And so, and the way he does it is just brilliant. And he really breaks things down logically um, and he really unpacks things in a very unique way. I feel like um, a lot of times when you read um, Christian literature and all of that, it's, it comes from a place almost of like, kind of like when a professor can be kind of snobby just because they, they're an expert in it and stuff. Mm -hmm. But his does not come across that way at all. He is very, and, and he's a brilliant man, but he doesn't, he's, he's not pompous. He's yes, he's very yeah. gifted. He doesn't come across as pompous. He really breaks things down. Um, and he uses a very analogies he uses an like, and also like at the very beginning, make sure everyone needs to read the introduction because he talks about how the word gentleman at one time meant that you 
had some land and you had a coat of arms and it was not an opinion of someone. It gave you information on someone. And he said, and then that word changed and now it's useless. Mm. And he said, and that's what is going to happen to Christian. If you make it so people don't know what it, it even means. And I said, Oh my goodness, that is, this happens today. They're every, the words have changed and they're, and so when you change all this stuff, then, then you are, foggy mm. your meaning and he said that way back in the introduction i said that is powerful it is very powerful i love but he said if someone's not a gentleman it wasn't an insult it, you know you were just mm. saying oh you don't own land you don't have a coat of arms it's not an insult yes yeah and I'm words sorry. are powerful and he's yeah. and you can tell he is that that is his cup of tea is words like i think because he mm-hmm. was a he was the was he a, a, an english professor I think so for like 30 years or something. Uh, he, so I'm, Lynn and I have started another book, Surprised by Joy. And that's, um, he, when it's him when he was younger and they, both he, his dad and his brother, they don't have joints in their thumbs. Hmm. So they weren't good at sports and everything. And he said, which made him really dive into reading and writing. And he said, um, he, when he was a little kid, he had a big vocabulary and, you know, people would just die laughing at something that he said, but he just, he said, then he learned to be quiet because he didn't want to attract attention, mm-hmm. but he loved, he always loved the words. And I think God used that to, to me, he can say a lot in a little bit yes. of words. He can. I, mean, I learned so much because, uh, I mean, one thing you would just you think, oh, I never thought about it like that. Because like he says, there's no good impulses or bad impulses. And you think, you want to disagree with him. You can say, mm-hmm. well, but then he said, no, it, it, you know, the impulse to fight is good if you're a soldier. Yes. The Im- impulse, and, and it talks about sexual impulse. That's good if you're a married couple and you want to have a baby. Mm-hmm. But he said, but those pe- those two, the fighting and the sexual impulse need to be restrained and more frequently than the others in the mother, motherly love and patriotism. But he, he, once again, in this book also, he says that motherly love can go too far. Mm-hmm. And he's not afraid to point that out. And I'm like, wow, I'm sure he got a lot of people, a lot of mothers saying, what do you know about it? Bah, bah, bah. You know. <laughs> and I liked how he talked about it, it, pride too, because he really said that's the one um yep. that really i feel like is is not given the weight that it deserves but it, it it's like the most weighty one in his opinion and i agree with him so and, and he pointed out some things about pride that i've i like the competitiveness of it i think he he says pride is essentially competitive pride gets no pleasure out of having something only out of having more of it than the next man and I'm like, yeah, I've never looked at pride in that way. And it was so funny because I had actually just got the boys this book, um, You Are Mine by Max Licato. And it's like a sequel of that, the Wemmicks. Um, these, you know, there's these little, uh, Eli the woodcarver makes these wooden people and everything. like, And there's lessons throughout them. But in the You Are Mine book, it starts off with this one Wemmick who gets a box and he's showing everyone how pretty this box is. And he's like, ooh, you don't have a box. I have a box. Da, da, da. 
And then someone gets a box. So then he's like, well, I got to get a ball. So then he gets a ball. And then this huge competition in the village breaks out. And these people have mounds of boxes and balls. And they're all trying to do it. And Punchinello, he sells his house, bed, all this to get these boxes and balls. And and when he finally, you know, meets up with Eli, the the woodcarver, he's like, are, are you... Do, why do you have these bo- you know do these boxes and balls make you happy do you play with them he's like no <laughs> you know they they didn't bring him happiness like they didn't all these things and the whole point of it was just to outdo the other person and that's pride yeah so well that's what you've heard that old saying you know people are spending money they don't have to impress people they don't like to you know blah 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 but when you go down to the very beginning of time that's why I, I think the pride thing is what caused the fall. That was that was what caused it. Because when we want to be God, because basically Eve thought, well, you know, and of course Satan put that doubt in there and then bam, you know. Yeah, we wanted more. More yeah. than yeah. And and you can't uh I, I mean I think you, the way he kind of steps back and kind of makes you look at it in a different way because yeah and i had one god will not love us because uh we are good he will make us good because he loves us mm, just yes. the way that's worded is yes. so good he has so many of those quotes in there mm-hmm. like i i mark the hound out of my book i mean it's it, it's it's and really it's hard to read a lot in one setting because it's so dense like it's so meaty. But Every the, chapter, but the chapters, the chapters are pretty short. It's yes, like the yeah. the the level of re- it's easy to read and comprehend, but it's just like the the philosophy and the thought that went behind it is so deep and profound. You're just like, wow. Um, and when when we were doing a book club talking about the chapters, what we decided on because we tried we tried five or six chapters, and we went back to three. So we would read three chapters and then talk about it. And I think that was about right. So know. what's something from your book club that y'all discussed that was uh, something that you were surprised by, weren't aware of, something that changed your thinking? Is there anything that your book, book, book club brought out uh, from this book? Well, I mean, when we were, well, what's funny is that, you know, she she is now marking her book up too. So when we would meet together, you know, we, this is how we did our book club. I would read what I marked and she would read what she marked. And then usually I would mark what she marked and she would like, <laughs> it's because, and then you talk about what you marked. Mm. But one thing I remember, this was at the front of the book kind of was there's a philosophy that believed in a tame God. And I remember saying that's kind of an oxymoron. Because there is no tame God, and we we talked about that because uh, that what those people they're wanting uh, the thrill of religion minus the cost. Mm, yes, and and there's no such um, there's no such thing. So I because anything that is worthwhile is going to cost. Mm-hmm. And then another thing I remember, and of course I'm a teacher, so this kind of stuck with me is that. Uh, This was at the beginning, too, but how some people say, well, Jesus is God, so he came down. But I mean, uh, he was perfect. He's perfect, blah, blah, blah. And and 
And uh, C.S. Lewis said, yeah, he had to be God to be perfect. That's the only way that would work. He said, would you want a teacher teaching you if she didn't know anything? Mm. He said, she has to be better than you. No kid goes to another kid and say, says, can you teach me to write? Because the other kid doesn't know how to write. Yes. So you need someone that knows how to do it. And then as, if that example is not enough, that the second one was even better because it says, if you are drowning, do you want someone to jump in and save you? Or do you want someone to stay on the shore and throw you, <laughs> throw you alive? You don't want them to come in. Yes. And I said, oh, yeah. I mean, he just and the whole thing about the ships. That was another. I just loved his analogy. Yeah. Explain that. That was a brilliant analogy. The, the ship was like, um, you, you have the three levels of morality and then, but one of them is, and, and I thought that was interesting, three parts of morality. The first one is like play fair and harmony and all that. And you, you don't get any uh, disagreement with this one. Every society around believes that you ought to play fair. So it's basically the first one's how man interacts with man right yeah and so you're in your ship and he said like if you were in a fleet you know so we all would be going the same way and everybody agrees with that kind of and then number two is tidying up in your life you're inside you so like your little boat you need to keep it in order and and then the last one um what was the last one now i'm about god about god so it was like how man interacts with man how man interacts with himself, like your internal stuff, and then how man interacts with God, like or then, the outside of yourself. And somewhere in there, doesn't he say, uh, and probably the last one, that we don't own the ship. Yes. Yeah, we don't own it. And so you need to make, and there's where that humility comes back. Yeah, we don't own it. Just like you would not tell. Uh, and I loved his analogies, like a painter paints the painting. He's not in it. Yes. Or the author. Yeah. He writes this. He's outside of the story. I loved it. And then, oh, the mailman. The mailman was another good one. There's, so there's this guy in a blue suit back when they used to dress like a certain way, you know. And he said he's dropping envelopes off at everybody's house. He said everybody's getting different mail. But from what I get, I can kind of assume, you know, I know he's probably the mailman and everybody's getting letters or mail, but they're all different. And I said, that's kind of how God gives everybody different talents and abilities and everything. But he's sovereign. Yes. He, he's in charge. And a Christian can have uh, a very, like he, he talks about comfort. You know, you don't, you don't start with comfort in the Christian walk, but you end with it. Yes. And I thought, wow. Every time I just go, wow. What about you? What's a big well, I wanted to circle back to the uh, the boat analogy because I, I think it is so profound because because so like you said, the, the first one is how like on the ship level, if your ship is banging into other ships. So if you're mistreating other people, uh, that's not going to work, you know. And so, like you said, every the most societies see that and like, OK, so treat everyone kindly and all that. Um, and then some people are like, well, OK, so as long as I'm not hurting anybody. I can do whatever I want to my ship, you know, but that's not good either because uh, that's, you, you know, if your ship breaks down, that can cause other people to ram into, you know, it's, that's mm -hmm. not good either. And then uh, I like 
it's like okay so we're so if if we do take care of our own ship and we're not ramming into other people we're, so then we should be good well not necessarily because then where are you going you have yeah. to have some <laughs> higher authority to be directing the fleet and that's mm -hmm. and i thought wow so really when we think of morality we think of it in one dimension when really it's it's a 3d it's a three-dimensional thing so he really broke down that so i was like i love that analogy my my i loved his trinity analogy and then the time and space one so uh, and you had actually told me about that one before i got to the book and i actually shared it it helped me with my son when he was asking about the trinity but and he'd used the 3d dimensions you know like uh it's still so like if you draw a line on a paper that's 1D, right? And then like mm -hmm. you you make a figure or whatever that's 2D and then you make like a, a cube or and that's 3D. So it could all still be a square. The whole thing's still a square, but it's there's three different dimensions to it. And I'm like, mm -hmm. wow, I love that. And then and then later on he uses the analogy of like time when he's trying to explain how God is outside time and space because he created it. It's like if time was a line on a paper. If you drew a line on paper and that's like the timeline and that, that represents time, God would be the paper it's drawn on. You know, it's like, yeah, he's he surrounds time. He's above time. And and, and I, I feel like that's so hard for us to grasp that. Like he doesn't he's not living moment to moment like he sees yeah. the full thing all at one time. So uh, and I loved how he compared it to like a writer. So he's like the writer's writing a story about a lady. Um, the writer can stop and and think about her and what you know what's going on da, 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 before it's not on the same timeline as the imaginary person in the story so mm -hmm. anyway he, he breaks a lot of stuff down like that and I'm just like I love it it really makes it more understandable some of these very hard concepts um, he, he simplifies them and, and uses them and connects them to things in our world that help us understand it. So, and, and, uh, and he has these one liners that, you know, like you cannot make men good by law, mm. making laws and without make men good and without good men, you cannot have good society. That's so, right. But, but mm -hmm. that's so true. We think if we have a great law, everything will be okay. And that's, that is not the issue. It's the, it's our hearts. Yeah. So. And, and people, you hear people today say, well, we need more, we need more laws. We need more law. No, we need to obey the ones we have. Mm. We're, we're not doing it. And it's a heart issue. Yeah, you're right. Totally. And every time I would just go, oh my goodness, that is so well said. <laughs> I like and this. I, oh, there was one thing he also said about um, the notes you know, cause life like the, he, this was back on the impulses, but there's no bad notes. You just play them at the wrong time. Ooh, there's no yes. He's like on a piano, there's black keys and white keys. And I'm just thinking, Oh, how powerful. I mean, Ooh. kids would just get that. Oh, go ahead. Yes. Um, I, I liked his, the, this quote, the good and evil both increase at compound interest. That mm. is why the little decisions you and I make every day are of such infinite importance. And that really struck me because I don't know why, but this season of my life, it's compound interest has uh, really been aware. I've really been aware of that and like, okay, like what that actually means. And it's like, 
and, and because our society is so for like these making huge gains, you know, it's this inch by inch. It is a cinch mentality that we need this little mm-hmm. by little. And, and then you look back and you're like, wow, you know, I've really improved mm-hmm. a lot, even though it hasn't seemed like it. So I'm just like, I love that, that he said that. And I'm like, yeah, because really you have two choices, you know, good or evil. So if you're not doing good intentionally, then you're probably doing evil unintentionally. So and evil is a parasite, mm. not an original thing. And I loved what that, what, the whole thing he said, you can do good. Just, Oh, I wrote it down. You can do a kind action when you're not feeling kind because kindness is right. But no one has done a cruel action because it was cruel. In other words, badness cannot succeed even in being bad in the same way in which goodness can. Goodness is itself. Badness is only spoiled goodness. Wow, so profound. So profound. Yeah. And isn't that true? Because Satan cannot create. All he can do is distort. And pervert. Mm -hmm. So he takes what God made and he twists it. And that's why evil, when he just said those words, evil is a parasite. I'm like, whoa, okay, that's true. Mm. That it, and he also, another place said, God is the only comfort. He is also the supreme terror, the thing we most need and the thing we most want to hide from. Mm. And I thought of Adam and Eve in the garden, how they hid. Yes. But what did, who did they need? God. They needed Yes. So good. But it's just uh, one right after. And another part, I think that was at the very beginning. He says, you can't argue someone into believing in God. So when he starts at the very beginning, he doesn't mention the Bible or anything. He's just talking about how to be an atheist, what you have to, you know, you have to have a lot of faith actually to be an atheist. Well, and basically say, he said that you have to believe that pretty much everyone else in the world is wrong. And you are right. Cause atheists are, are the, you know, they're not the majority. So you're saying everyone else who believes in a, in a higher entity is wrong. <laughs> and so. my, my, yeah, my friend, Ashley uh, Skipper, she said, but really when someone tells you they don't believe in God, they're just kind of saying you have to believe that he is to not believe in him. Yes. I thought that was it. <laughs> That was a profound point, too, just about, like, the darkness, you know? Like, if you've never seen the light, you're not going to, you're not even going to know what darkness is. There, you, there's no, you have no, you can't discover darkness if, you know, if there is no light. I thought that was profound, too. And um, uh, what is it, the one that he said, you would not know what, a crooked line was if you did not know what a straight line was mm-hmm. so all over the world there is that basic desire inside of people and where did that come from and that's kind of where he goes he goes from there you know and, and i thought yeah and he, he says that the very basic he says the creatures are not born with desire unless satisfaction for those desires exist so that's that's another proof that's like okay because you know we've all experienced that there's something you know like you have a desire for this and he said you know you'll get glimpses of it like in a beautiful sunset or something but Mm -hmm. it's not sustainable so that but that means that what can fill us isn't here you know it's like there's something there's another world so 
Well, and, and it said, you know, he said, like a car was invented to run on petrol. I like that petrol, of course. And we're invented. We were made to go. God is what we're supposed to run on. Mm. And we can't ever find happiness if we try an alternative, you know, like yeah. you said, it, we might get a glimpse of it, but it, it's not the same. And he also says the only things we can keep are things that we freely give to God. What we try to keep for ourselves is just what we are, are sure to lose. So that goes with what you're saying. You know, if you're trying to hold on to it, it you're going to lose it. Might as well lose it, lose everything, and then you'll gain everything. That's right. And that reminds me of that movie, uh, The Perfect Race. Remember? What if, if you're first, you'll be last. If you're last, if you, you got to lose to win. Yes, which doesn't seem to make sense, but it does. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 because he's what in here he says you need to be as wise as serpents and as innocent as doves. And that seems like that seems like impossible. Yes. But like you said, it, it is possible when you think about it. You can. Uh, you get to choose, but by, he also said that by when you, um, what does it say? I put, oh, this was powerful. I thought uh, progress means not just changing, but changing for the better. There is nothing progressive about being pigheaded and refusing to admit a mistake. Yes. Christians think God invented the universe like a man making a picture, a painter, my argument about, against God was the universe was so um, cruel and unjust. But how I had this, how I'd, I had got this idea was unjust. A man does man. Uh, oh, um, then then that's that. A man doesn't call a line uh, crooked unless he's seen a straight line. So he's saying, how did I get that idea? Because how do I know what's cruel unless I know what good is? Mm -hmm. And when you go to what good is, there's God. Yeah. And I that's thought, a, wow. That's a great point. And all over, you know, he starts in everybody. Selfishness has never been admired in any culture. It's not admired. So I thought that was interesting how there is this universal thing that, you know, and, and they're universally we don't do what we're supposed to do. And that, that was in the Bible. What did Paul say? The good I want to do, I don't do. And yes. the bad that I don't want to do, that I keep on doing. Yes. Yeah. So I think that that is that feeling. Uh, and that's what a Christian has. Not a Christian is not any better than anyone, uh, anyone else. But a Christian is someone that knows, uh, that has the ability, they have a relationship with God, that they can repent and pick themselves up dust themselves off and start over mm. that's what that's the difference we're we're still sinners but we are saved sinners because we have a relationship and i think that's the key and to to hear it from someone who was an atheist and then he kind of takes you on his journey it was really like a behind the scenes which i thought was cool yeah, I mean, he talks about that, too, about people that label themselves as Christians, but think that, oh, oh I'm like, I've, I'm good because, you know, I don't do all that bad stuff or whatever. And he said those people are further away, actually, 
from mm-hmm. the level of some people who who know they messed up and they're like I need I need Jesus you know so it's it's interesting how sometimes it gets so flip-flopped in our society you know but he makes it so simple it, it's really not complicated we make it complicated that's right I mean, but he is very clever in the way, like, you know, one chapter is called the good infection. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, what is that? What is the good infection? You know, and I, I, if we, what did he say? If we get close to him, we shall catch it from him and that good infection, you know, so you're not going to have that selfishness and that pride because Jesus didn't have that. I mean, he said foxes have holes and all that, but he didn't have a house. Yeah, nothing. I mean, it, it, you would get through one and then I would say, okay, whew, that was good. And then go, and then I'm still, whoo, that's good. Ooh, that's good. Here's so. another one that's, this is more towards the beginning, I think, but it, we may kill if necessary, but we no, must not hate and enjoy hating. We may punish if necessary, but we must not enjoy it. In other words, something inside of us, the feeling of resentment, the feeling that wants to get one's own back must be simply killed. And for me, I connected that because we have had a conversation about um, what we were reading in the Bible right now about with Joab. And, and we, remember, we were talking about he's kind of a brutal man, but he's he's been at war his whole life. And, mm-hmm. and I feel like I was like, I feel like this really hit the difference between him and David. Because David killed, but I don't think he enjoyed it. And he had to punish people, but he didn't enjoy it. So I feel like he was, he had that down, I think, you know, like, um, and I think Joab was more of that, the brutal, he enjoyed the killing. You know, he had gotten to that part where um, he was, a, he was a warrior, but he enjoyed it, you know? So well, I, I was like, he killed, he killed Absalom when he was hanging there helpless. Yeah. So that's murder. Yeah. And he stabbed Amasa or something too. I mean, he, he, uh, yeah, you're right. Kind of might've been a little bloodthirsty. So I think that's a good distinction because sometimes, uh, people can be bloodthirsty. Like, Oh, someone does something wrong. It's just like, like, you know, hang up. Like, you know, da, da, da. which like, I, I'm all for due process and justice being served, but I think it's, we need to have the mentality that like, yes, they need to be punished, but we don't need to be like, in your face. That's, you got what you deserve. You know, it's like, that's, that's yeah. the bad attitude. That's not a good attitude to have. Well, a good, uh, like a down to earth uh, example of that is that there's a movie, an older movie, Mighty Max. And one of the girls is really poor and she, she's just wearing overalls and they, um, they played so well, they need their picture put in the paper and the guy came. And of course it, it's, it's like, it's, uh, the early 70s because it's when uh, women first played full court basketball and um, he wants this girl to go to the back and he kept saying and and the coach said oh it's fine like we are and he said no I want her to move to the back well it embarrasses her so she runs into the bathroom and she won't come out and I love what happened next. So the girls leave and they come back and they have dresses, they have shoes, they have everything. They go in the bathroom and they fix her up Aww. just like that. And I said, oh, that is so adorable. And uh-huh. then she, she stays right where she was and she's in the picture. But 
That's how we ought to be for everybody. Instead of putting anybody down, build them up. Yes. Yes. And do it with action. Do and you can you know when she, when the coach first saw the team, uh, she said, "Why hasn't someone been honest with so and so? Her lipstick is terrible is a terrible shade for her or something like that." He said, "She said, uh, you have to trust your teammates. You have to have their back." And that made me think of Paul in the Bible. He says, "If I become your enemy because I tell you the truth, mm-hmm. sometimes you have to say hard things. You have to, and being a parent, sometimes you do." You know, you yes. can't solve your kids' problems. You you need to equip them so they can. And that's what God's doing with us. Yes. He, he's equipping us. We spend time in his word and we will be, we'll build that strength. And as he said in Joshua, we'll be strong and courageous, but that takes time. And that's what, that's what C.S. Lewis is telling us over and over you're going, and you might not understand it. At one point he said, a man can eat dinner without understanding how food nourishes the body. And a man can accept Christ and what he's done without knowing how it works. 100% agree. Yes. And you know, because it's a process. Yeah. And you want, some people want to pick it to death, but just accept it. Believe it. I think that's why it's important not to hinder kids either or say, oh, you're not old enough because um, are we ever old enough? No. I mean, like I'm, I'm learning stuff now, uh, like however many decades after I was baptized, you know, I'm like, but it's still, that it, it does just because I, I know more now, it doesn't, it doesn't erase my feelings at the time. You know what I'm saying? It's a building mm-hmm. process. So I, and I think that's true with anything. Irish bull. You remember that? Irish bull. Oh, uh, what was he talking about? And so I had to look it up. I found it. It's on page 220. An Irish bull is something that's logically absurd. And uh, it's meaningless, but usually funny and clever. And in The Quiet Man, the John Wayne movie, uh, Will Danaher says, he'll regret it till his dying day if he lives that long. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that uh, is irish bull okay so when he said that i'm like okay i've got to i've got to check out what what is irish bull okay that's funny and i think lynn looked up something uh, uh when it said let's pretend on that chapter it's like page 181 it mentioned the happy hypocrite and she um she looked that up and it's pretty cool actually that this guy was just pretending to be a certain way and he wore a mask and he was trying, but he actually turned in to that. So, you know, I remember my, my teacher, uh, Mrs. Cowan, Gowan, I know a Cowan now, but a Gowan, Mrs. G, she said she would always say, act yourself into a better way of feeling or thinking. So put your actions before you feel it. You, mm-hmm. And that's what C.S. Lewis is saying. You, you can be kind without feeling, you know. Yes, you can, fe- you can be charitable without feeling charitable. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that because uh, I think I voxed you earlier this week and say um, feelings follow decisions. What, what, decisions, yes. Feelings or, follow decisions. Or emotions follow or something like that. Yeah, emotions, yeah. So, uh, and I remember I was talking to somebody um, 
yeah, I think that and her name is, is Cowan, <laughs> Amanda Cowan. At lunch that day, she said, yeah, I'm going to tell my boys, you know, uh, take out the trash. And one of them said, well, I just took it out like, yesterday. And she said, we're trashy people. You made some <laughs> of that trash. Just take it out. Don't, don't be analyzing it. So, but have you ever noticed that sometimes the trash just instantly fills back up again? Yep. It does. And she said, we should be thankful. We have that. But you, you know, he said, she said, I'm not going to let them waller, wallow in that and just keep, you know, just take it out, mm-hmm. you know, but that's but true, I, though. That was a good point that you do. If you do make yourself do something that is good, like kind or whatever, you always feel good about it. Like mm-hmm. you don't. And I think I've heard you say that before. You never regret being kind. It's not like I should not have been kind. Like You never feel that way, you know. But you do feel that way if you were if you were unkind. You're like, man, I should not have yeah. done that. So. And yeah, kind of at the end of the book, I just remembered that song and it's an old song, but it's like none of self and all of thee. And that's where we're going. We need to, you know, first it's all of self and none of thee. And he kind of shows you throughout the whole book. And at the end, you know, you need to give it all to God. And uh, I think that that's our goal. And he says it, you won't, you won't get here. You won't be perfect, but that's what you're supposed to be working towards mm-hmm. to be perfect. And that will, and it will happen, but you probably be dead, but, you know, but you know, but it won't happen through striving and it won't happen through what we typically think of uh, reaching perfection in our society. It's, it's a different type of that. It's, it's a letting go. Like, you know, it's, it's giving things up that you're trying to hold on to. And it's like really, and he says that to really become yourself, you kind of have to give up what you're pretending to be, you know, cause we all yeah. kind of pretend we have these masks we wear and this, what we want, what we think we want to be. And you really have to give all that up um, to find who your true self is. And that's where there's a chapter and it says Christianity hard or easy. And he taught, he made a little uh, analogy there, how, laziness means more work in the long run i love that i thought that was profound and i thought it was i thought that's very interesting because and jesus says my yoke is easy and my burden is light if you do something all the time you know if you you know like there's some uh i i can always expect some of my kids if we have a new kid or something there there's there's extra friendly kids and they'll go meet that person and they'll you know show them around and but that 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 that's who they are yeah but that's not everybody because some people don't even notice you know what i'm saying they're mm-hmm. not observant not everybody can be a Maisie dobbs <laughs> well we all have gifts and we all need to use those gifts in the way that they were intended you know and then it works out great but sometimes like if you're the only person you you got to step up Mm, yes you got to do some uh, and yeah lynn and i talked about that growth is necessary if you don't grow if you're either growing or dying Mm. you can't just be an egg Mm. you know oh i I loved his analogy yeah say that say that about the egg well i was thinking of you know when the baby was born but you know we're like eggs at present but we must hatch or go bad yeah. And then he and he compares that to a, a baby. Of course, when they're inside you, they're everything's perfect. Mm-hmm. They have everything they need. 
but, and you know, just the trauma of being born, I mean, is, you know, it's made to be traumatic, but that is what, I mean, you could just say, okay, well, it's nice and cozy in here. I think this is where I want to be. <laughs> yeah. He said, if the baby had a choice, the baby would prefer the wound, but if it stays in the wound, it'll die. So I mm -hmm. thought that's so, that's so profound that we, we have to grow or die. We have, you know, and it's not, and growing's uncomfortable. Hence the word growing pains. There right? you go. <laughs> but anyway, I, I think that. that's a wrap on Mere Christianity. It was fabulous. We highly recommend it. Oh, yes. Definitely a read, read it and then reread it again the next year. Yes. It's, it's, it, there's so much to take with you. I can't, I, I've got to stop though. Yeah. Let's go keep those um, book lights burning and those pages turning and your brain learning. <laughs> and we'll see you on the next one.